0: Hi again, everyone. Steve Cashel here with Dr. Brian Cole, head team physician with the Chicago Bulls, orthopedic surgeon, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. Welcome to another Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. Before we introduce our guest, JRF Ortho partners with orthopedic surgeons to improve the quality of life of patients by enabling them to have an active life through the generous gift of cartilage and ligament transplantation. Please go to jrfortho.org to learn more, sign up to be a tissue donor, at DonateLife.net.
1: dot net. Doctor Cole, how are you? Steve, I'm doing great. Great to join you on this podcast. I'm excited about the topic and I think it's gonna be pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, I got a great guest uh for you uh Wolverine fans out there. We're looking at Mr. Mike Martin uh, as we see him through our uh, Zoom call here. And uh, you're able to listen to Mike. He played defensive end for the University of Michigan 2008-2011, selected by the Tennessee Titans, third round of the 2012 NFL Draft. And then uh, he underwent surgery, a pair of shoulder injury that sustained uh, he sustained during his freshman year. We want to talk about that, since that's what our our show's all about. Mike is a former NFL player, went on to the NFL then. Tennessee Titans and the Philadelphia Eagles now works for NFL players uh, in their wealth management space. And that is uh, outstanding. Mike, thanks so much for joining us here on Sports Medicine Weekly.
2: Yeah, it was great to be here, guys. I'm excited. Dr. Colesman. A very good friend of mine and has taken care of me over the years, so I'm glad to be here.
0: Good deal. So, um hey, take me back. Uh, I also understand you were a two-time state wrestling champion, two-time shot put champion in high school. Um, since this is a sports medicine injury show, um, when do you remember your first injury of any significance, Mike?
2: Oh, man. I mean, it's really been uh, just a lifetime of dealing with nicks and bruises and all that kind of stuff. But Really, in college, that shoulder injury that you referred to was the first injury that stopped me in my tracks when I had to come off the field and my shoulder was out of place and Dr. Miller had to pop it back in and then I had to go back into the game because the guy that was behind me uh, wasn't going to get the job done. So there really wasn't a choice and just that mentality of uh, going through pain and dealing with it and knowing how to manage it, I learned to do very well and it gave me a great career.
1: You know, Mike, it's interesting. Um, Shoulder dislocations, it's very rare that a first dislocation you could put back in place on the sideline and get the player back in, and the only place you can ever do that is football. I'm just telling you. (laughs) you I mean, there isn't a – it's – you know, I've learned over the years of just managing different types of athletes that it just – I can't – maybe hockey. You could do it in a hockey player. That's Mm -hmm. possible, but – Generally speaking, there's just it's that's that's pretty impressive. I think that just speaks to your tenacity because I haven't. That's that's not a common thing. I if think about through your career in the NFL. Did, can you think of any other guy who's dislocated the shoulder, gone back and played right after?
2: Yeah, I mean, not off the top of my head, but I, you know, I broke a finger in uh, in the NFL. This was right during like a two minute um you know two minute drill right there in the red zone against Tampa Bay and I wasn't going to come out the game so I'm like hey I got nine other fingers I gotta keep going you know so that's just kind (laughs) of the deal that's why you (laughs) got two shoulders too yeah yeah
0: that's awesome again visit with Mike uh, Martin uh Mike um so uh talk about a little bit about uh, managing injury and returning to play um, you know, when you were going through your, your football career and uh, also as a wrestler, and uh, hopefully there were no injuries with the shot put, but you never know with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, is it a fragile thing for you? Or as you said, you know, you broke a finger during an NFL game, you say, I'm, I'm not coming out. I mean, uh, take us through the, the mindset of, of a player because uh, you, you don't want to leave the field because you don't want to get replaced, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, there's only so many snaps in the game. You think about if you put all the plays that you play together in a season Uh, every football snap averages you know six seconds five to eight seconds and you put that all together in one season you're playing like an hour worth of football and it's it's not much so um you work all year round in the fall and all year 24 7 365 for an hour's worth of play really so you don't want to miss any snaps and you think when I talk to guys it's not if I'm gonna get hurt, it's when I get hurt. So when you get hurt, how are you gonna deal with it mentally? There's a difference between injury and being banged up because everyone's gonna be banged up. So you just gotta have that mentality, especially when you get in the NFL. I mean, in college, there's a bit of a spread on on talent. I mean, if you're the guy, you really, really usually don't have two or three guys that can come in and play at the same level. But in the NFL, that's a different story. So if you're out and the other guy's doing well and you're, you know, your contract is maybe you're not you know a guy that's getting paid a high amount or can be replaced then they're going to keep that guy in there because they're not going to break uh fix something that's not broken so yeah it's uh it's a business when you get to that level but it's a blessing as well so you just got to take it for what it is
1: yeah i mean it's a business but it's it's such a different kind of business because you just have to go play and if you can't play you're not working and, you know, when you think about it, the average career, I don't know, we're talking probably five years. I mean, it's crazy just because the injury rate is I think it's so less hard. than that, isn't it? Yeah, I, it may be. Uh, Mike, were you like three yeah. and a half?
2: It's, it was two, two two and a half. Yeah, yeah I, wow. played, I played five. Yep.
1: Yeah. and you Right. So you shouldn't you shouldn't feel badly. You know, you actually you actually you know, you, you step beyond the averages and it's mm-hmm. it's and I'm sure you don't. I mean, it's one of those things is you put your you put your body at risk every time you go out and play every single weekend. And that's one of the crazy, it, that's what's very unique about the NFL compared to the sports. We get career ending injuries every single weekend, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's like you say, it's not if it's when, and, you know, I, I, I guess one thing I'm curious to know when you think back to your NFL days and your days now, you know, what do you, what do you miss the most? What's been the biggest change?
2: You know, I, I miss that, uh, that preparation for the game and your teammate, that teammate atmosphere, because that's something that's really hard to replicate once you move beyond and uh, business is one of those things that for me that i found that is the closest thing to that because in business everyone's got to be doing their job at a high level if you got one chink in the in the chain that's not getting it done then everything can fall apart the deal won't go through um everyone's got to be on their a game and the competition is (laughs) higher than anything especially here in these united states so I, I love that. I, I miss that about football. But I, as you guys referenced to in the wealth management space, it's giving me that ability to still be around the sport of football and be around that teammate atmosphere, but also bring in the advice and the knowledge that guys need and that people need in general. It's not just professional athletes so we can get into that, but it's something I really enjoy.
1: Yeah, I would say pretty much hands down when I speak to guys who I've also become friends with, it's the camaraderie they miss the most. Yeah, yep. and and mm-hmm. and the accountability, and I think you're seeing in your post NFL life what it's like to be in business and to to also work with former players. I'm I'm sure it gets highlighted e- even more. Amen to was- that,
2: and I'll, so I'll add the.
1: Go ahead, please. Go ahead. No, please.
2: Um, yeah, I was going to say that what you just said about the accountability. I mean, you learn in business, and as you go on through life that if you just say you do what you say you're gonna do, then you'll be very successful. I mean, the keys to success aren't complicated, it ain't rocket science, but a lot of people struggle with that. And in football and in, in sports, that camaraderie that you said, and, you know, if you're not doing your job, if you're not where you need to be during a certain play or whatever, you're gonna get your ass ripped by your teammate and you're gonna hear it on the sideline, and then you're gonna hear it in the film room later on that week and they're gonna replay it over and over and you're gonna be sitting there just like, man, I'm going to make sure I'm on point next time because I don't want that to happen again. And in business, if you could take that same mentality, because a lot of people, they fall through the cracks on that and say, hey, I'll call you on Monday at eight and they don't call you. And it's like these little things that you're like, okay, well, then you probably won't do business with that person. And then so there's a lot of translation. And that's why I love it, because if you bring your A game and you work hard, good things happen.
0: Visit okay, i with Mike Martin, former NFL player. And Mike, uh, I understand Dr. Cole did a cartilage transplant for you. Was that your wire with the Titans? So take us through that injury and then how you found Dr. Cole.
2: Yeah, so the progression of that was my second year in the NFL. I had a bucket tear, meniscal uh, bucket tear. And Dr. Burton Elrod, he was with the Tennessee Titans. I believe he's still there. Um, he performed the meniscectomy on me and they cut it out and I got back to feeling pretty good pretty quickly, as you guys know, in the um, scope world. So I was good for a few years and then I got traded to Philadelphia Eagles. That was the Super Bowl year that um, Jim Schwartz was our defensive coordinator that year. It was a really fun year. And now he's actually back in Tennessee as of uh, about a week ago which is fun to see, but, um, we had a great team that year, but I just, uh, started feeling pain and I went to the doctors and got a CT scan and they, they saw that I had a, I think a, a 15 millimeter defect in my articular cartilage, chondral cartilage surfaces. I'm, I'm very educated cause I'm You're
1: around doing pretty well, man. You're so,
2: so yeah. So yeah it, and that's when it kind of started giving me issues. And during that process, I love your pup during that process <laughs> um hey,
1: what mike's referring to is we're on a zoom call and i'm watching steve's dog come up and lick him while he's trying. exactly <laughs> he that yeah. he's a cute dog steve was a poodle uh australian labradoodle it's a pretty dog
0: thanks nice. <laughs> i just don't know if he has anything to say yeah. <laughs> I'm, from the bark, so I'm getting ready to hit the mute mic every second here yeah um, Sorry, but mike, you know mike but mike, i went all
2: over the country yeah. though i went i went down to boston i went to uh, Pittsburgh to see the team doctor in Pittsburgh I, you know obviously Philadelphia guys I've reached back out to University of Michigan and my Michigan contacts and I was pointed to Dr. Cole after speaking with pretty much all of them and that's how I found them Steve I yeah, I know you're gonna ask another question go ahead
0: no 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 Brian uh take me through uh what you what you know Mike got pretty detailed there with some technical stuff, and yeah, I always sure. like to educate our, and Mike, that was pretty good. You sound like a doctor, yeah. but I always like to dumb it down for our listeners and myself. You talk about bucket something, and, you know, Dr. through what, you through what uh,
1: yeah, explain some of that. Yeah, and, you know, the first thing is Mike is very intelligent and um, was a is an active participant in his care, and that's important when you're dealing with um, – complicated issues. I think there's a basic paradigm that is, is fascinating when you're dealing with athletes, Steve, because if w- we can't get them better, they're essentially unemployable, right? And in, in, you know, in the real world office setting, when a patient comes in with a joint problem, they typically come to us because they have pain and then associated dysfunction. And it could be just activities of day of living. You just remember your shoulder was affecting your golf game and so forth, but you're not making a living playing golf. So um, the difference is that this is a the the burden and, and obligation and expectation is when you're dealing with an athlete is that he or she is coming in with the hope and maybe expectation that whatever they do will deliver their ability to get back to play. What I've learned in situations that relates to cartilage, so Mike was talking about in his knee, he had you know one of the most common injuries in football. He tore his meniscus. I mean, it's a it's a commodity thing. Meniscal tears happen all the time. And he ended up having his meniscus removed, and he actually did well initially. He got some more playtime out of removing his meniscus, and then things got bad again. And the meniscus, as you know, is that C-shaped cartilage in the knee that sort of protects. It sits between the femur and the tibia, the thigh bone, and the and the and the, and the uh, shin bone. And it, um, when it's missing in some people, um, it goes. People can go on to develop arthritis or change in the cartilage, and then they get pain. And Mike, if you don't mind, just real quick, how 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 much did you, did you weigh when you were at your you know, your 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 prime.
2: Yeah, I was about two ninety five.
1: Yeah, so every pound that we carry uh above our knee, we're sort of built like champagne glasses, you know, upside down, is about five to seven times magnified at the knee. So that's why we use weight loss as a treatment for people who have symptomatic arthritis. But that's not a possibility in a guy like you. You need you're not two ninety five of, you know, adipose or fat tissue, you're two ninety five of muscle. So uh that's how you're built and so you pose a, a different, a difficult treatment challenge, because not only are you playing a collision sport, you're a big guy in a collision sport and with a very high, uh, a significant amount of force. So Steve, when we're making decisions, these, you know, people come in and say, look, there's two buckets. There's, do you have problems with activities a day of living? Right. And that's something we do really well with. Like if a person comes in and has a cartilage problem, we say, I can't walk for a long distance. I can't get on an elliptical. I can't do a bike. I really just want to stay fit. So when that happens, um, uh, we say, look, given your situation, we think, for example, doing a cartilage transplant, fixing this cartilage hole in your, in your knee, or doing something that's called a realignment procedure where we actually literally cut the bone to straighten it. So there's less load going across the joint. Uh, so it's like they're less active, uh, but you don't get rid of the problem. You just reduce the load across it. We say, if you're having problems with activities, daily living, you have a chance to do really well. 75% of people who come in for that type of procedure say, thank you very much. I'm satisfied. But then, when you add to the equation, they say not only do you want to have proven some activities day of living, I want to actually get back to a professional sport um, to earn a living, and I want my career to be uh, maintained or extended. That's where the gray zone and the margin comes in because we can do great with low level activities or intermediate level activities. But when you take someone who's like Mike, who's you know almost three hundred pounds playing a prof- playing as a professional athlete in the NFL we are not as predictably able to squeeze out that, re- that response or that return. So you make decisions based on two, really a basic thing, Steve. We say, look, if you did not have, number one, do you have problems with activities of day living? The answer is yes. I can say, I think we'll do a good job. I'm going to get you some r- a return on your investment, if you will, if you decide to fix your, your knee in this case. Then the second question is, if I told you it was safe to continue playing, knowing what you have in your knee, but it's not unsafe, and the disease won't predictably progress, you might get increase in symptoms, can you play your sport? And if the answer is no, then you have that discussion that says, look, you're telling me the only way you could play is to get a reduction in pain with an associated improvement in function. We're going to have to do something if that's what you want to do, but you need to understand that our ability and predictability to deliver is not... Is not a foregone conclusion given the kind of athlete you are. So I just want to set the stage because I think he, 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 he presents a common in our practice, in our world, but not in the main world, you know, because the decision-making for him was very different. He was unemployable unless he could play. Mike, you were unable to play your sport at that time. And you knew that if you didn't try something, that would be your only chance. Is that fair to say?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. And I was willing to make a uh, commitment to the tribute plan and, try to move forward with that but yeah you're you're spot on with that
1: yeah so steve what he had is he had a what a lot of you know these athletes have is he had a cartilage defect in his femur so he was missing cartilage and he had malalignment malalignment means he was bowlegged so his every time he would heel strike put load on through his foot all the, the weight would transfer to the inner side of his knee where his defect or cartilage problem was so it compounds the situation so you take 295 pounds and you put the majority on the inner side of the knee where the problem is every time he does something in an exertion it hurts so his treatment was a, a procedure called an osteotomy where we literally cut the tibia put a plane on it to straighten it and the reason we straighten it is that that every time he heel strikes his body the, the body forces don't fall towards the inside but they actually go towards the middle or the outside of the knee where the knee is healthy so you trick the knee if you will to see less load and at the same time we try to fix the biology which is to put a plug, plug, a plug of bone and cartilage from a donor, and I think on this uh, podcast, we have JRF as one of our sponsors. Um, we obtain that plug from JRF, it's a fresh osteochondral graft, and we put it into the femur. And he was also missing some meniscus too, but the challenge with a collision athlete is to do a meniscus transplant it becomes a little less predictable. So, we have to make really hard decisions. Like, the, Mike, I remember meeting you the first time. It was probably an hour visit. I think you were then with your your either girlfriend or then fiance, now mm-hmm. uh, married and about to have a child, if I'm not mistaken. Is that oh, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, September 5th. Yeah. yeah. So, life just moved beautifully along for you, and I'm, we're I'm really happy for you. Appreciate but our, it's a long discussion about decision making of how to do this. And, uh, and then we use stem cells at the same time, you know, just to maybe, you know, reduce inflammation and improve graft incorporation and so forth. But, a truly an uphill battle uh, for him and had already had a number of surgeries. I mean, you had your shoulder, you had your number three or four surgeries maybe before I saw you for your knee. But, mm-hmm. Steve, does that sort of give you a flavor of what he went through and how the decision-making goes?
0: Yeah, quite detailed. Wow. But I, I want to ask Mike now on the, you know, almost wrapping this up here, but on the on the mental side then, Mike, what goes through your mind um, when you're with an NFL team and uh, you couldn't get back to play with the Titans and you're trying to make that decision, you know, and it's it's that's your career, right, right now?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was tough, really tough, because a sport I played my whole life, something that I was – committed to something that gave me a blessing to make a great living and Jim Schwartz he was giving me the veteran treatment which is the uh, the red carpet rollout treatment which you got to work almost 10 years of season's worth to to get but he really liked me and wanted to take care of me give me less load so I can make it through the season but you know the decision was tough but it was made easier because two years prior I had been thinking when I had the meniscus before I met Dr. Cole, that this isn't going to last forever. I mean, I, I was kind of seeing the writing on the wall and I wasn't ignorant. I mean, it was going to last. Even if I had zero serious injuries, I mean, I wasn't going to play, play football for 15, 20 years. It's just impossible. So I went to Miami and got my MBA during that process. And when I hit this crossroad, I had already set up the work pre, you know, years ago and it made it better for me transition wise. And I had a plan and I knew where I wanted to go and it, it made it easier.
1: Mike, you know, when you think back to when you were a player and this is something that I spent a lot of time in the training room and I, and, and, and some of these athletes now are my kids age and even younger. So I'm in a different, I guess a different age and stage in life where I look at these, these young people in a different way and have the opportunity to really speak to them. And the one thing that I think, um, Professional athletes often suffer from because they start so early in their sports. And the good thing about you is you were not a single sport athlete. And I at you know, I'm and I'm thinking you had a good infrastructure, just stereotypically anyway, at home. Because whenever I see multi sport athletes, they usually have good role models and so forth that get them in that direction. Mm-hmm. Not always the case, but that's often the case because it has to provide opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing that I've seen, unfortunately, too much is just the absence of good role models. Young people all of a sudden are flooded with a tremendous amount of money. They have agents, presumably, to guide them. They may not have a familial experience in what it is to sort of predict the future and plan for the future. And like you said, this is never forever. Nothing's forever, but certainly playing in the NFL is not forever. It's far from it. So you have a very limited number of years to earn an income and set yourself up to do something afterwards. There's not a lot of guys who just finish and don't do anything else. You have to have a life after the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I guess the question I have, and you know, it's a long question, but it's something I think about a lot and I try to actually help even when I'm in the training room because I really enjoy getting to know you know, these players, I'm there, so you're there so much, so you have a lot of downtime. So it affords an amazing opportunity to build interpersonal relationships, and not because I'm a fan. It has nothing to do with that. It's just these are human beings, much like my kids, who I really enjoy the opportunity to sort of hear what they think and so forth, and maybe mm-hmm. maybe even provide a little bit of, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, fatherly advice, mm-hmm. but not when it's not mm-hmm. solicited. Mm-hmm. You know, what was lacking? What do you see lacking in the training room on the field amongst these young athletes who are coming out of college? Uh, when it comes to managing their 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 lives outside of football?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest thing I would come to mind is uh, just having a, an expansive view on the world. And when you're in those four walls in that football facility, especially at the NFL level, they don't want you thinking about anything but football. They want you to eat, breathe, sleep football because that's what they're paying you for. But they've incorporated these player development guys on staff because they know that it's important i mean um the uh the the my man who owns the mavericks the dallas mavericks why am i blanking on his name mark cuban mark cuban yes so when he bought the mavericks the thing that he did first was he poured money into the organization to develop his players he's like if these guys don't aren't better guys off the field and know how to manage their lives then i'm not going to get the best product on the court and he was the first guy, you know, in the NBA years ago when he bought the team to do that. And then now you see the NBA, all these teams have that. The NFL's incorporated it. Because you have to do that for these guys because what what happens five years down the road when you're hearing all these stories that the guys are broke, they got nothing to show for it? What does that do for your brand? What does that do for the business that you're running? If everyone that leaves your business years later is, you know, on the streets, you even hear some time. So Sure. Um, you got to talk to these guys about the things that matter off the field and make sure they're aware of it and they're not ignorant, ignorant to the fact. So yeah.
1: tell us, tell us. And that's why I do what
2: I do because yeah. I, yeah, I give I them that playbook because I've been through it. And Yeah.
1: So that's what I was going to ask. Yeah, you. you it's know, a, up. Tell it's me what a, you're doing now to, 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 to sort of give back. Cause I know that's one of your, you know, where you are now in your career. What are you doing to give back to sort of satisfy that need?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, for a long time, I had a coach when I was a freshman at Michigan that I'm still really close with. He taught me that if you pour into people more than you pour into yourself, you're gonna get what you want in the future. You're gonna get, you know, think good things are gonna happen. And the the things I've 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 experienced and have had the pleasure to learn, and the people that I've met and the network that I've created, and all these things that I've accumulated, friends and network and and experiences are assets to people that I have run in, that I run into. And if I can give those assets to people to help improve them and give them, uh, allow them to have that chess player mindset, they're able to make six moves ahead of time and know what's going to come. Then that's a great thing. And I'm doing my part in the world and um, I'm able to affect people's lives in my own personal way. And being able to educate people on money is something that I've learned through this process obviously I experienced that. I saw guys would keep game checks in the locker and in their lockers. And I'd say like, Hey, what's that sack of checks? Why are you keeping? He's like, I don't know what to do with it. I don't know where to put it. I had a teammate of mine when I was a second year in the NFL. He's like, yeah, he, the guy had hundreds of thousands of dollars sitting in his, in his locker because he just didn't know where to put it. He still had that mattress money mentality because he didn't know. So that happens all the time. And that, I mean, I I run into people that aren't professional athletes that I work with that have, you know, a hundred grand sitting in a checkings account, savings account, because I don't trust the banks. I don't think, you know, I just want to hold on to it where you're actually losing value on your dollar as you keep it in your savings account.
1: I just, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you just a quick funny story you reminded me of when I, the first year I took care of the Bulls, it was like 16 years ago, we were in the playoffs and I didn't know this existed. So Steve, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but they get per diems, right? Right, that is yeah. You well, yeah. I yeah, we got it too when I you used to get before, it too, right? Yeah, one hundred and five dollars back then, so i right. probably more now. I, yeah, I don't know if it is. we haven't been in the playoffs in a couple of years, so I'm not yeah. sure what it is yeah. right now. But that's the only time I would travel is during the playoffs, right? So, Mike, you guys have per diems too, I imagine, right? Yeah, every okay. week. Oh, okay. and is it cash? Cash. Yep. Yeah. So. A per diem is to cover your expenses your food whatever you know so not a lot of money but it's just something probably in your union or whatever your player contract that you have mm-hmm. and it's probably in uniform across the uh the sport of the nfl so steve i get on the plane and i get an envelope with my name on it and i had no idea what it was i thought it was just right? itiner- itinerary you know what I mean? yeah yeah and i so i'm on the plane i'm doing work as usual on my computer and you know we fly with the the, the team and i just put the the envelope in my pocket behind the airplane seat, you know, yeah. never to think about it again. You know, like four days later I don't remember. Did you leave it? I, oh yeah, I left it. I know I didn't even know what it was. You know and then <laughs> and then uh it was a four day trip, so it was not you know it was kind of a fun amount of money to have, you know. And uh yeah. just given to me. And um I I think it was the uh I think it was John Ligmanowski was the uh equipment, equipment manager, manager. He, yep. he's like Doc, do you do you want this? I'm like, I don't even know what it is. I forgot I was even give it to me. And they open it up and there's like, you know, a couple hundred dollar bills and I'm like, God, this is great windfall, you know. But I didn't even know that whole thing existed. You know, it just made me think about guys sitting in your it's not a hundred thousand dollars, I can tell you that much, but I can see it. They're like, I don't know what to do with this. And they just put it in their locker and we'll just keep it there. It's safe in my locker.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. Yeah. It's up to the trainer, the trainer, of the team. It's his job to go to the bank before every road trip. And the bulls sometimes had 13 road, 13 day road trips. You know, yeah. we were traveling with the bulls and, you know, it was one hundred and five or one hundred and twenty per day. So guys would get you know over a thousand dollars. You know, and cash. I mean, would seem to have a cash. It was all cash. cash. <laughs> yeah, and it, it wasn't to pay for your your hotel was taken care of, and most of your but it was for your other meals and incidentals and stuff. You know. At the yeah. hotel, it was great stuff. So, um, let me uh, before we say goodbye to uh, to Mike Martin here, uh, what's the best way to treat your pain? If it's a start with physical therapy, you're on the right track. Same athletico therapists who work with world class athletes and professional dancers can transform your pain before it progresses to something worse. Schedule your free assessment at athletico.com. It all starts with athletico. So Mike, quickly, uh, as we say goodbye, what's the best way for people to, to get a hold of you? You're a money manager. You had a great plan. You got a great head on your shoulders. You're a former NFL player. You got some great stories, I know. Um, but you're trying to help people, and that's most importantly. So um, what's the best way of people? Where do you live, and where, where do people get a hold of you?
2: Yeah, so I'm based out of Detroit, Michigan. I am down in Miami working a lot as well. But I have, I'm licensed in every state in the United States except New York. Uh, it's hard to do a lot of things in New York, as we know. But um, yeah, I am on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Go Mike Martin at G-O-M-I-K-E-M-A-R-T-I-N. And my firm, wealthstrategiesfinancialgroup.com. You can find me on there as well. So I'm glad glad to help. I'm here as a resource. I tell people, use me as a sounding board. If you got questions, throw them at me. I'm here to answer them. Thank
0: Great you, stuff. Mike. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, Mike. C- continued success and uh, so f- happy you found Dr. Cole and uh, appreciate you being on Sports Medicine and, Weekly
1: Yeah, and best to your, uh, your, your bride and uh, your upcoming baby and uh, please stay in touch let me know how you're doing okay
2: I will Brian thanks man nice take to meet care, you guys. Steve take you care
1: appreciate it Mike you too
0: great stuff from Mike Martin and before we say goodbye Midwest Orthopedics at Rush M.O.R. is among the international leaders in musculoskeletal health. Midwest Orthopedics at Rush physicians are all faculty in the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at Rush University Medical Center, which is currently ranked number five in orthopedics by U.S. World News and Reports. Founded in 2003, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush is comprised of internationally renowned orthopedic and spine surgeons who pioneer the latest advances in technology and surgical techniques to improve the lives and activity levels of patients around the world. The physicians at MOR are proud to be the official team physicians for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago White Sox, and Chicago Fire Soccer Club, and also the... Also The Joffrey Ballet. Visit RushOrtho.com to learn more. Schedule an appointment at one of the Midwest orthopedics at Rush's Convenient Chicago and West Suburban locations. Many thanks to our guest, Mike Martin, former NFL player, also played at the University of Michigan for Dr. Brian Cole. My name is Steve Cash. Our website is SportsMedicineWeekly.com, and we will talk with you next time for our next Sports Medicine Weekly podcast. Have a great day, everybody.